0: Back row with me, Ellen and Neve. Sorry, introduce yourself, (laughs) 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 Neve.
1: Oh, that was lovely and energetic. Do you know what? A few people mentioned it to me that people can't differentiate our voices.
0: I know, which sounds so bizarre to me because I think we have totally different voices. But it's it's so funny how everyone's saying that. So basically, when you hear anything very well thought out and educated. It's me. No, I'm just and, and anytime you hear something that's been pulled out of, it sounds like it's been pulled out of my arse, it's me, Ellen McServis. So, <laughs> so just remember anything smart, well thought out and educated, Oh, oh anything. Stop. Sounds like it's pulled out of someone's arse. Me, Ellen. I would actually love to listen back to episode one because I think we had like terrible phone voices. One of my friends asked me where you were from, and I was like, Cabra, and they, they they literally burst out laughing. They were like, oh my God. She's <laughs> like her boy, her phone voice is a outsider. And I was <laughs> like, I know. I think Hang I might have had the same. Like honestly, that's 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 studio quality recording, right? <laughs> but or an aren't? accent is an accent. <laughs> you don't suddenly go Spanish when you go into a studio like <laughs>
1: Okay, Fashion Gourlies. It was a mammoth week of internet shockers. And because of that, I'm very sorry, RIP, but we've decided to push out our Fashion Inc episode because there is simply too much tea to talk about. But you can still submit all your stories by getting in touch with me and Ellen on Instagram at neave, not neem and ellenmack. Both of our Insta handles are in the show notes. Okay, woohoo, Ellen, we have to begin with hashtag Kravis. This takes sponsored weddings to a
0: whole new level. So, okay, Backtrack was, so, so it was sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana. It was a hundred million percent sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana. But what, but what happened? Like, I'm confused. Like, obviously these people are multimillionaires. So they did. So, so Dolce & Gabbana came to them and was like, we'll supply all the dresses, bridesmaids, all the family, the whole thing, put you in a location all for free. Like what exactly? Well, I'm confused. Okay, we'll we'll take it back. Backtrack for a sec. So Courtney Kay
1: married wife Kravis Parker in Portofino, Travis. Italy.
0: You just said Kravis instead oh of Travis.
1: <laughs> 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 I love that for me. Kravis <laughs> Travis Parker. <laughs> love that. Uh, married Kravis. Barker in Portofino, Italy, and the entire thing from start to finish was sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana. And in all honesty, it seems like the entire fashion sphere is kind of just brushed under the rug. The fact that Domenico Dolce and Stefano Gabbana made some pretty terrible racist comments in the not too distant past. Do you remember?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I have so many thoughts on this. Do we need a recap? We need a recap. We need a recap first for our listeners. Okay. So
1: I'm sure there was previous incidences before this, but the one that I remember in particular was in 2018 when Dolce & Gabbana attempted to stage a kind of like tribute show in China with this like super lavish runway event in Shanghai. And basically the show was like really abruptly canceled because screenshots emerged of Stefano Gabbana's verified Instagram account. So it wasn't like just a random account. Uh, And it showed the designer basically characterizing the entire country as a Shit emoji Uh, I know it was so bad So bad And then And then Do you remember The ad campaign Featuring all the Asian
0: models Trying to eat uh, Italian food with chopsticks I don't even know the model's name But it was A model trying to eat A a baguette Like a spar roll baguette With a chopstick With two chopsticks And And it was And the pizza slice With the chopsticks It was so bad
1: Like Cabana came out and was like No that's clearly not me He was like I was hacked I'm like mate I see that blue tick I know <laughs> Hit you uh, But basically to me This looks like a ploy To try and boost D&G's reputation again Try and take off Some of
0: that taint Maybe The Kardashians have never um, Disassociated with D&G They've always Even when all the shit went down mm. They had a cover of Harper's Bazaar um, Oh, what, what edition of Harper's Bazaar was it? it Might have been um, It wasn't Kylie was it? It was Kylie and the and Chris Jenner and they were both in matching leper print yeah outfits. I can't remember what edition of Harrods Bazaar, but it was in the UK and it was in the US. And it gave me very um what's what's her name? That don't impress me much. Oh yeah, Shinai Twain. It yeah, gave yeah, me Shania yeah, Twain yeah. vibes, yeah. Yeah. We're constantly singing out of tune on this podcast. Constantly. Um, but no, I they've they've never like disassessed, you know, they're they've always been big fans and unapologetically big fans. But the first thing when I saw firstly, my views on the whole wedding overall in a nutshell is that I thought it was fucking amazing. And I know, <laughs> and it's so like it's so funny because I never would have said this before. Like I'm so allergic to Dolce Gabbana after all the drama, but I'm I just thought it was fucking amazing. Like who who is courting Kardashian kidding? Like if she went up in a big, long, traditional white dress, we all know that she's she's not really about that life. And, mm. you know, she's like feeling sexy. She's in her 40s. Wear the white dress, like do what you want to do. It's your big day there. That that couple isn't about that kind of traditional life. And I just thought every outfit was so stunning. But what I will say about the drama and the controversy about dng is that you have to isolate the you know and this you know you could also ultimately put this point to um alexander wang company oh, as well Yeah. but it, there's so much more you know in people and time invested in talent than just Stefano Gabbano like you know spitting out these racist things here and there like he, there's there's he, he may have just he like he was he was dressing her in the, he was in the fitting room like there was a there was a post that went up on the D&G Instagram account yesterday the day before and it was him you know in, in one of the fittings for the dress and you know chatting to Courtney but there's all the people all the seamstresses all the people that are making the clothes like the teams of people and you know you, you can't forget about all that so I, I really at the end of the day thought it was a beautiful production overall and we can't disregard all the hard work for all those outfits by all those people just because of the head guy happened to have Mm. said a couple of things because like he needs to get the boot yes for sure yeah your point is so valid because you do have to look at
1: all the other forces at play Like the seamstresses Everybody in the atelier At the end of the day They're creating these pieces Of like modern art That no doubt will appear In some kind of
0: museum In some shape or form It's so funny because People then say that about like People are like I can't listen to Michael Jackson music Since all this stuff has come out And you know I think music maybe is a bit more personal because you're li- literally listening to this person. And and to be honest, I can't really listen to Michael Jackson music the same way since all the stuff came out. But that's me personally. But for some reason, I can disassociate with the clothes because I know the person who actually made or sorry, the teams of people that actually made these outfits for Courtney and Travis and family, you know, they're all hardworking people. Yeah, you appreciate them from, a,
1: from an artistic perspective. Yeah. I appreciate that too. The wedding took place at Villa Olivetta, which is a home on the idyllic estate of um, Dolce and Gabbana. And given the entire bash was hashtag sponsored, hashtag paid for by the brand, the the bride obviously wore D&G. And if you haven't seen the photos already, she shows a one of a kind D&G Altamoda lace and satin corset mini dress inspired by kind of 60s Italian lingerie. I mean, it was she, like you said already, she was never going to stop step out in like an uh, actually maybe she would have wore a review. Westwood but I think she was always going to do something that was not traditional in that sense
0: yeah and like we want to see a woman in her 40s feeling sexy about herself I was like you go
1: girl absolute queen out of all the Kardashian clan I really kind of like associate myself with Courtney. I mean we'd never be best friends because she doesn't eat sugar and I loads of sugar but the veil did we like the veil? She wore a hand-embroidered veil that had um it kind of like spoke to Travis's tattoos. It spoke to Travis's tattoos and it read family loyalty respect. Um, which was was which was a nice touch. It made me think of Hailey Bieber and um Oh, till death
0: do us part by Virgil Abloh. Yeah, it made me think of that straight away, which is quite nice. Hailey Bieber's wedding dress on the bottom of the veil said, in quotes, Till Death Do Us Part. And to be honest, that was a time when everyone was thinking, okay, Off-White, Okay, you were great. You're a bit of a one-trick pony. Like, okay, I can't believe she's a bit tacky for doing that kind of thing. And now looking back, what a special, like it was obviously special to her then, but now, holy shit, that dress needs to be put in a museum. I'd say I'd say it will. Religious iconography
1: played a huge role in the whole Italian affair. And that's something that's like super synonymous with D&G. And it's something that we've seen design, the, the two designers bring to the fore, like again, again, like, instantly three shows spring to mind. There was Autumn Winter 2013. They did it again. They did an entire Altamoda collection in 2017 about like religious iconography. And then again in 2018 to 2019. I would have loved to see the whole clan in like kind of matching
0: ensembles the way they do at
1: the finale for those shows. You know, the way like they'd all come out in like different
0: variations. I'm saying this as if I know Courtney, but in a weird way, I feel like I do. Like having watched every single season of Keeping Up, but I don't think she would have liked that at all. I think, I think she likes, she, she, because she was even saying she didn't even want a wedding. So I think this was her in a way, kind of like a, a fuck you. Also, I'm feeling sexy. I'm going to do how I want. We're just like yoloing life kind of thing. And I, I don't think she wants to be so attached to the family anymore mm-hmm. um, in a way, you know, in a branded kind of way, if that makes sense. I, I actually really did like the, the, the embroidered uh, Travis tattoos on her veil. I thought that was really nice. That's something that they, I hope like they'll have and like hang on a wall or something. Oh, my God, if you ever get married and hang your veil on the wall, I'm never
1: stepping foot in your house again. <laughs> Did you see, uh, sorry, the star of the the entire wedding? Forget the dress, forget the veil, forget the location.
0: What about the, the pasta? Did you see the, the pasta? Pasta. Yeah, I know. I don't think that's real. Surely not. Surely they're not given two strings of spaghetti to each person.
1: There's just like three strands of spaghetti in the center of, of the smallest plate you've ever seen. It was the most depressing bowl of pasta I've ever seen.
0: It was so so depressing I would be like I need 17 plates Like I'd be keep going on. But maybe that Maybe that's their secret They just don't eat carbs Like well they probably Don't eat carbs Like let's be real Didn't Jennifer Aniston Come out in 2020 Being like 2020 was so bad I ate like a french fry she, No she was like I ate a crisp So maybe that's their secret It was really nice To see all these Archival dngs Come out from the woodwork You know with Kendall Wearing an archival piece as well It was uh, imagery for the brain That I needed And, and I haven't really Been following up with dng for a while so it was nice to to see the history of it you know over the years yeah it was it was nice i i think we're going to see a lot of dng-esque stuff on the high street now i yeah. mark my words we're going to see it we're going to we're going to see that florally kind of and then religious also things as well we're going to see all of that now on the yeah, high street get your get your nanny's favorite cross necklace back out of the wardrobe and
1: stick it on there for coppers at the weekend <laughs> Well, look, we wish them a long and happy and healthy marriage. And thank you, Kardashian clan, for the week of fabulous content. We cannot wait for the next Kardashian wedding. (laughs) Can
0: we talk about Balenciaga Resort 2023? Here she goes. Thoughts, views, concerns. Thoughts, views, concerns. Sorry, right. can we just can we just um, remind our listeners that the point of resource is that it kind of keeps the audience um, thrumming for <laughs> like it, it kind of keeps the audience's desire thrumming, you know, for the next collection. So it's a mid season um, collection called resource And it just keeps keeps our interest in the brand, basically. But yeah, thoughts, views, concerns, Niamh.
1: This week, Balenciaga took over the New York Stock Exchange to showcase its Resort 2023 collection. And all I can say is get your bondage masks and Adidas tracksuits out, girlies. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think Balenciaga are trolling us to the core.
0: Balenciaga ultimately, sorry, to just set the scene for anyone who didn't watch Basically, the the show opened with the like um, New York Stock Exchange like bell ringing, and so everyone in there, you know, front row was Pharrell, Megan Thee Stallion, Frank Ocean, the whole thing. Basically, the whole concept of the show was that ultimately there is a recession coming down the pipeline for us, <laughs> and. Uh, So basically Demna has never really shied away from, you know, the the darkness of the world ahead of us kind of thing. So this was right up her alley. So she basically wanted to trigger some sort of emotion in the audience. And to quote her exactly backstage, she was wearing a gimp mask (laughs) and she said, we live in a terrifying world. And I think fashion is a reflection of that. I think it was quite urgent, a quite urgent show. So. You know, I think that kind of speaks to what we've always seen with Balenciaga. It's always been this dark menace type of fashion. And I I just love it because there's nobody else really doing anything like that at the moment. Um, she also said it's the most important kind of challenge for any kind of creative is to make a product that is desirable, that is, the desire to create. That's what fashion should do. Um, so basically the show was split up into like three parts. The first part was this, she calls it um wardrobe which I think might be a play on like avant-garde wardrobe kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it was basically just a play to the fashion house bringing back their like relaunching their couture last year it was this kind of like high-end luxury fashion but something that you would have in your wardrobe so you're talking 80s style like overcoats blazers that kind of thing and then big voluptuous 80s pussy blow jacquard silk blouses that kind of thing and it was absolutely gorgeous like I'm so all about that I absolutely loved it they do 80s so well and then the second part it was evening wear. So that's where you see the the skin tight sequence and the silk trenches and that kind of stuff. And then the third section was basically the collaboration with Adias, which to me was either here or there. I'm actually less interested in, in that than I was in the other stuff. But with that, it's important to say that balenciaga have really invented the memification of fashion and that's what goes back to your point Neve, of this kind of like our balenciaga trolling us but no they invented memification in fashion so the the main memification fashion item in the whole thing was this kind of chunky lace-up combat boot that they had mm-hmm. and um Kanye West was wearing it in uh, in the front row. Yeah. And it basically looks like if you can imagine an avatar and Roblox wearing a combat boot, like it was basically that, like, and it was just, just huge oversized cartoon Mickey Mouse type of boot. Absolutely gross. Like yeah. so, the most gross thing ever. But yeah, would you ever wear that, Niamh? Me? <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> can you imagine my, my, tiny Shetland pony
1: size feet walking around in those boots. What did you think of the collaboration with Adidas? I look uh, for just for reference, a regular Adidas dress is going to cost you about 45 euro. You know, the regular um, bodycon type dress with the classic three stripes. And because of the addition of a logo with Balenciaga, that same dress is now going to cost you about 1000 euros. And to me, that just seems extortionate. It kind of like it's a play on the overall theme of of Demna's show. It being about like you know, maybe a major global recession is coming and the, the cost price and the price point for me is just really off putting because there, there actually is no difference really to the the manufacturing process of these garments. It's really just down to the, I know. the iconography yeah. and the the
0: association of the brand and that kind of like it doesn't sit very well with me. I know the only difference really was that they they carried across the Adidas logo and then they changed the Balenciaga logo to the Adidas font mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, um, but Which that was cool. here nor there for me. To be honest, I see the Balenciaga shows in the same light as I see the Chanel shows, especially when like Carl was in charge. It was really not really about the fashion. It was about the whole like circus of it all. Like it was so it's so fun. And and Demna makes such a good point of, you know, showing us the times that we're living in right now in this kind of like refracted way through the Balenciaga eye. But I think I think the whole show is a bit of a circus and the audience was a bit of a spectacle, along with yeah. the show itself. I think so. Alexis Stone, the drag queen, she was dressed as Dolly Parton. Obviously, Kanye was front row in the Roblox boots. The whole thing—it was—it was gas. Do you think Anna Winter knew who she was sitting beside? <laughs> do, you think, do you think she watches Netflix? I—I <laughs> I have a feeling Anna Winter hasn't a clue who she's talking to sorry no she does obviously know people in the business but I mean any newcomer like her assistants will come over whisper in her ear or send her a text message and then she'll be able to be like oh I'm sitting beside this person but it's down to the last minute like her it's all her assistants her assistants are the brain like I thought um just go back to the show because I have I just loved it so much I could talk about this endlessly but I just loved the way you know As you saw each model come out one by one, you understood, Okay, we're seeing the um, everyday American, we're seeing the commuter, we're seeing the secretary, we're seeing the raver, we're seeing the party goer, this kind of thing. And it was like the everyday uniforms of corporate Americans paired with this BDSM latex mask. And then there's like a luminous green hair, the juxtaposition of the two things you know, kind of made this like mind bending, what everything that Balenciaga is, is mind bending. And it was just so funny to see people in a gimp mask carrying a briefcase. Like it was just, it was just gas. Like, are we going to be wearing BDSM gimp mask to the office this time next year? I absolutely will. I absolutely (laughs) will not. I thought it was interesting that I
1: wonder, did the models have full face of slap and hair underneath the masks? No, definitely not. I don't know, because a few of them had lipstick. There was a very
0: small cutout for the mouth. Wouldn't you love to be the makeup artist uh, on, on that? Easiest gig ever. Easiest gig in my life. It just the whole thing screamed, you know, power, money, American dream. Yeah. Through this kind of like eye of Balenciaga it was all refracted through the eye of Balenciaga and it's a a Balenciaga show is always going to be fucking amazing and so interesting and we're always going to talk about it's imagery that we want to save on our phone it's it's theatrics
1: it is but it, it makes the it makes the audience try and decipher the message behind
0: it and I think Demna does that really well whether you wear the clothes or not as a statement as an art piece really like a performance piece it was it was 10 out of 10 for me thank you for my ted talk thank you for delivering such a wonderful
1: ted talk um i'll i'll see you in a full fit of balenciaga next week so earlier in the week love island announced that it was finally breaking up with fast fashion and ending its partnership with clothing companies whose practices not only destroy the planet but who are also usually involved in poor health and safety standards and low wages for employees. So to find out more about what this means for the show, its stars and yes, the future of fast fashion, we are joined by Ireland's own Love Island expert slash guru slash co-host and producer of Bandwagon's podcast, Vanilla Jay. How are
2: you? (laughs) Hi guys. How are you? We're well. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk about this because I actually haven't really done so at length at all since the news was announced. So I'm excited to get into it, into the weeds of it. So
1: no, and like I am a Love Island virgin and I don't think Ellen, have you even watched Love Island? <coughs> Sorry, you're a Love Island virgin. Well, no, sorry, I'm a Love Island. Okay, I'm a Love Island first timer. Sorry, I only popped my uh cherry like like two seasons ago. So I'm like very in fact, Fanula, you are the one that like got me into Love Island from your own commentary because you're an absolute amazing woman. But <laughs> I um
0: yeah, I'm very new to it. Oh, no, I okay. eat, sleep, and breathe it. Like, and actually it's the same. I was in New York watching it, and then the best thing about your stories was that I was able to like finish the show and then go straight on to your stories and then like recap it all. And it was like like it was
2: just so great. I got loads of my friends onto you as well. It was, it was so funny. Thank you. I'll be, I'll be paid. I need to pay commission. I need to, every <laughs> time someone says that, I'm like, I need to invoice you or something like, but yeah, it's not even the show itself, even for me anymore. And I'm sure a lot of people say this, it's like the community watching of it. Yeah. And like yes. the jokes and like Twitter and like Instagram and seeing what everyone else thinks. It's kind of one of the last shows of its kind that still does that to have that live viewing event yeah. and then to talk about it after it's fascinating I love it I'm like a massive apologist for the show but also I'm like there's some things I'm like
1: oh but it's still fun it's good entertainment well with your knowledge we we thought there was no better person to call upon to explain kind of like what's going to happen now I
2: first of all I want to know is this all Brett's fault that was in when it when it was an interesting question when you put it to me I it, I think I think he's partially responsible. Obviously, I think it was pretty significant of him to go in last season and reject the free clothes and reject the vouchers for more free clothes. Um, But that kind of didn't come to light until much after him being on the show. That was terrible English. Like later on, like I didn't find that out about him because I was pretty critical of him on the show. I was like, this seems like such a weird choice for him. He didn't seem like a Love Island candidate in bunny ears, if you will. Um, And then when I learned about that about him after I was like Oh my god I'm obsessed I really wish I'd gotten to hear More of this On the show um, But it's great to see His activism Like you know Moving forward And I do think He's like Partially responsible But maybe Maybe this is a Controversial opinion For me I actually think Like Molly May Is a little bit Responsible for this As well But in like a roundabout way You know what I mean I think with the With the last year She's had Year and a half And with the scrutiny She's kind of come under I feel like she has inadvertently like cause this. And also, I think the audience is changing a bit and how the audience consumes fashion and everything else. I think they are becoming a little bit more aware. And, you know, they make the jokes about the collections and the collabs the girls and the guys are going to do after. Um, I think there's a level of self-awareness there. So I think it's a heady mix of those three that brought this about. Do you
0: think it's the difference between the audience changing but then them also trying to get in a new
2: audience? as well. I I do I think it's a bit of both. I think they do recognise a need for change and mm-hmm. you kind of even got that from the statement from the executive producer. But I do think that's because they know the audience is changing and I don't know what season we're going into it must be eight or nine like there is a fatigue with it, with the format with the kinds of people and that's been a criticism for a long long time with casting you know diversity everything else that's another conversation for another day so I do think they are trying to maybe tap into a new market and maybe bring in a little bit more of a new audience yeah. So I, there's there's that's the cynical side of me. But also I do think, you know, like I I know people who are like slaves to fast fashion. They can't ever see themselves shopping full time secondhand. And they are even having no conversations where it's like they recognize they kind of can't. They go to the chi or whatever and they go to log on, and they're like they have that moment where it's like, actually, you know, there that's is here. Oh, mm. totally. Like there's a tide changing. It's very slow. Yeah, but it is. There is a change happening. I don't know where they just trying to get ahead of that. Maybe
0: I think it was quite smart for Love Island to do this, though, because last season was a bit of a slow burner. And in a weird way, it's made me more excited to watch this upcoming season because I'm because everyone's kind of like everyone's kind of looking at the clothes as well. You know what I mean? So like clothes is such a big part of it. So it's made me definitely more excited to to watch this season coming.
1: But do you also think like to go back to the, the, the Brett scenario where I actually only found out as well post last season that he rejected all the clothes, rejected all the vouchers. Do you think the producers had a say in that being like, oh, no, that's not what we want. We don't want to be like pushing out that he's a he's a sustainable champion because the, the show is anchored on fast fashion.
2: I think so. I think it was convenient enough that he was a model so they could like trot out that line. And I think also when they sent him in was like a conscious effort. Mm. You know, he came in like quite late. He never really had a chance to establish himself in there. I kind of I hate to say this. And again, this is a cynical part of me and the reality TV brain mind switching on. I think that was probably a bit deliberate because he was so like not a typical Love Island person in every single way. Like he was the butt of so many jokes, which I look back on now and I'm like, but I do think I absolutely think that was. A deliberate choice. Now, I will say they're kind of when they trot in the new contestants and send them in, like you tend to only get like a very top line of who they are. It's like a job, an age usually and where they're from. And that's kind of it. And then you're, you're supposed to kind of get to know them more throughout the show. And even at that, you don't really because it's like it's immediately about like the connections you have with other people as opposed to Who they really are as a person until like the very, very end, if that makes sense. And I don't know if you agree, but I kind of think that's how they, that's how I see them doing it. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. It makes so much sense. You don't really
0: get to know them until the end. I was actually only talking about Amber weirdly to my 19 year old brother like this morning and saying the same thing. I only really got to know her at the end. And I think that's when people kind of like were like pushing her for the final Mm -hmm. then. Which one was Amber? (laughs) Amber was the one Amber that won with won Greg with Greg yeah yeah oh yeah sorry
1: oh
2: we love her we stand yeah. her yeah yeah but yeah. that's the thing it's like they kind of keep them it's so strange when you think about it because you think you know these people really well and you actually have no idea until they do you know maybe like certain tasks where it's like they have to do the talent and you see Millie playing the piano and you're like that's a big ass <laughs> she's a big ass <laughs> or you tell, like there's not a lot of oh, occasionally there will be but like the, you know like very personal anecdotes or whatever or like stuff about their family you don't really get that until maybe halfway even three quarters of the way it's this through. is true like it's, it can be very impersonal in a way it's which is why I think this will be another interesting change because I wonder if it will affect the casting first of all and then I suppose affect the editing that we are we going to see more of these personalities and see who they actually are internally as opposed to Mm -hmm. just the outside and just the superficial and the surface stuff. Okay, you've, you've already touched on it. Let's
1: let's just fucking jump straight in there. One, do you think by ditching the fast fashion that we're going to see more like individual style, which would be nice and less under boobage weird tops and two do you think that'll allow for a more diverse cast to come in as well
2: so on the personal style thing yes I think so and I will say I do think Brett started that because even watching him on After Sun or like at the parties it was like he'd be wearing mad sandals and jewelry and everything Like people were sandals. like what the hell I know <laughs> people were just like who is this lad and I'd love a bit more of that because again even if you're not going to get it we'll say in the content in terms of them showing personal personality and stuff, maybe we'll get it a bit in their clothes, you know, mm-hmm. and like, it's, a, I think it'll provide maybe even more talking points, you know what I mean? Because there was a bit like when you have, we'll say one brand sponsoring the show for a series, mm-hmm. even if they're not like top line, you know, they are cause you recognize the collections or whatever, or like mm-hmm. there'll be ads for them on the breaks. Like they all tend to start looking a bit samey, you know. Oh, fully, yeah. absolutely. Guys, but even like
1: the mannequins. but even the people look samey.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah. So they're they're sharing a wardrobe, I
0: hear. Or what, what's going on with that? What what happens then if you're like plus size? Like, are, are is everyone going to be the
2: same size? So this okay. So this is the thing on the diversity and casting, right? I I'm not sure if this will bring about the diversity thing because. They've talked about doing this before and they just haven't done it. Like, no. there's a lot of lip service about, you know, like them having tried to cast plus size people and they weren't able to, and blah, blah, blah. I know this year, I think they're, I'm pretty sure they're accepting, uh, non-binary applications whether we actually see that in the end result though I don't know because again they say things like this and then you get the main cast photo and it's like oh there's a lot of white straight-sized people mainly (laughs) um I do think it will impact the casting but I wouldn't use the word diverse like I do think it will attract like maybe people who aren't like my true hope for it would be that you're going towards less of the influencer type person. And maybe you are just picking actual random people who are maybe not influence in the influencer mindset who don't engage with that kind of culture hmm. when it comes to style and fashion. And they're like genuinely actually looking for love. And again, that's the hopeless romantic in me who believes that this show can be a vehicle for that, which it can be, I suppose, if you look at some of the couples, I think it will be more of that. I think we'll be seeing more of like, the like a right. I hate saying regular person, but I hope you get what I mean as in not someone who's actively seeking this platform out as a career, they progress their career, which is yeah. fine. I to- I totally respect that. Don't hate the player, hate the game. That's what <laughs> I think will happen. I don't actually, I really want to eat my words. I would love to turn on on June 6th when it starts and have this gorgeously diverse cast of people who like, they all look different to me and I, you're getting like different points of view and seeing different styles and faces and body sizes and everything. But like I've been burned too many times before by the show. So I think the casting will change a little bit. I don't think it'll be, I don't think it's only the win for diversity. Maybe some people are touting it to be. No, I think this, it will set a, it will set a
1: precedent for future series, but this will not be the series that like shakes the ground and breaks the internet. No,
2: I think this is them testing the waters for sure. But I agree. I don't, I don't think this is the one because if you consider the audience, it's like it's a long held audience With, you know, I I don't want to make generalizations, but, you know, like they have like specific views on things and they are people who generally engage with fast fashion and that kind of culture. You see it even Mm -hmm. last year with like I was looking at stats for some of the searches around certain things. Millie wore. She was the winner last year. Crazy, like absolutely crazy. And obviously they want the show to be successful. They want people to watch. They don't want to lose that core audience. So they're not going to immediately be like, dump a totally Winning formula That is one in terms of viewership Everything else Money, sponsorship, advertising Blah, 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 blah But I think they will be Willing to try new things And tweak it a little bit I
1: saw first had a 67% increase in sales and 254% increase in Instagram followers in 2019. And then I didn't
0: know that. Holy crap. When
1: Miss Molly May won, uh, no, not when she won, when she wore one of her marble dresses, Google search rose by 127%. And searches for hot pink co-wars went up by 114% whenever she wore it. So there you go. She does like the influence when you consider that, what, 3 million people were watching wow. an episode. The influence that this has on Gen Z years, millennials is, is overwhelming. And like even me, somebody who is definitely the opposite of a fast fashion fan, I found myself going through ASOS for hours looking for the same things that that they're wearing. And I it's just like this weird like pull, even
2: though I'm like, what am I doing? You're watching them on people who maybe you've grown to love and you like look at them and you're like, there's an element to that. But also I think people have to remember that it's mm-hmm. like these clothes are styled. They're not... You know what I mean? Like there's a stylist there working that out for them and pulling the outfits for them. It's not just here. It's not me or you ordering something off ASOS. I'm sure we'd all look gorgeous in pink cords if we were to order them tomorrow. But there's like, it's that. And that's been an issue for me with Love Island as well is that there's still so many kind of sneaky little unattainable beauty fashion standards that again, I'm hoping this will kind of go some way in dismantling them a little bit. But again, High hopes and all that jazz We'll see We'll see I,
0: did, I didn't actually realise There was a stylist There at all So how So how does that work then Because you, when you see them All sharing clothes Do you just is Do they just have One of each thing Or do they have A few of
2: each thing I'm not 100% sure I'm assuming they have Like like I'd say, I don't even want to think of the pile of clothes in the villa. Like I just think it, oh, it stresses me and out. what but happens I, with them after? I know. That, pff, oh, I can't know. I, there must be an element of, they must be allowed to keep some. Now, like whether they do or not, I don't know. But like, again, the fearful, like wants to think the best of this show. Part of me is like, yeah, all the clothes get nice homes and they definitely aren't sent to be incinerated. La 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 la. Like, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, Like they're very closely guarded about the production stuff. Some of the like even the contestants, I've only seen it in the last like year and a half, I suppose, the last two series where they've come out and spoken a bit more about, you know, how the food works and like timings and producers and everything else. Uh, so like I'm not 100 percent sure. And again, it depends on sponsorship that year. But I, like they definitely have, I would say, you know, outfits picked out in the same way you would if I suppose you're appearing on a TV show, if you're presenting or whatever, mm-hmm. um, to be suge- like on a rail suggested or whatever. And then I suppose True. it's within your right to be like, uh, maybe we'll mix things around or she wore this one. I, I'm going to wear it now, whatever. And I'm sure they bring their own clothes as well. I'm sure it's a mix, but I have no doubt there's a stylist there shoving and suggesting and all that jazz. And also you're, either you're a doe 20 year old on this crazy experience, someone's throwing clothes, you. I'm, I can understand the temptation to be like, yeah, I love four zebra print dresses, please. You know, so. Yeah. For what it's worth,
1: my two cents, I thought that when they were going <laughs> into the villa, they were just given a suitcase full of, full of free garb. But you know,
2: maybe now, that's I, not To be the honest, that would kind of make sense when you think of how quickly they have to leave. And now obviously there's editing and stuff like, so we, we don't actually really know the timeline, but I don't know. There is, I'm like, they're hundred percent asked to be a stylist there though. And I would mm. suggesting outfits and then I'd say it's a mix of whatever you bring and whatever they're suggesting. And they would be heavily pushing towards the mm. suggested paid for clothes.
1: Well, the Islanders this year will be dressed by stylist Amy Bannerman, who has dressed the likes of Dua Lipa, or as I like to call her Dua Lupa, Sophie Turner, and the likes of Jonathan Van Ness. Um, I think having the likes of eBay as a partner is actually a really smart thing because I would love to see her dip into like eBay's luxury selection. Like, imagine a little bit of Balenciaga on mm. the island.
0: What,
2: like, what, what would you like to see, or what do you think we'll see? I'd love that. Yeah, mm. especially like because because I, I just think there's so much about Love Island that it's like chewing gum for the brain. Like it's like, and for me, it's like a nearly an adult baby sensory video that it's just like these hot young things running around, moving across the screen. You know what I mean? And just like That's
0: such a good way of putting it
2: as much as I criticize it for setting kind of unattainable standards. The reason why I love it as well is that it's so ridiculous and it's so unattainable, <laughs> you know? So like there's a part of me that would love, and as someone who's kind of gotten more interested in, fashion and design in the last like three years, we'll say I would love a bit of that. And I would love, you know, to showcase that vintage luxury fashion. And as you said, they they're not short of stock, you know what I mean? Mm -mm. And I think that would probably keep the core current audience entertained because you see it with like the Kardashians and even other celebrities dipping into like archival stuff and just repurposing it in a new way. I love that. I love seeing people put a twist on things. I love seeing upcycled stuff for like stuff reimagined. So I love a bit of that. I love maybe... A piece and we see it like throughout the series in different ways, I think would be so interesting. What about what about we just like combined uh what's that like craft show <laughs> with Love
1: Island? And instead of one of the challenges being like lick the contestant to your right, can they not just like mend something?
2: <laughs> or oh crazy? Okay. Uh, you need to you need to sew a button and then you'll get to go to the hideaway with someone. Yes. One
0: hundred percent. That is ideal. <laughs> Niamh,
2: you've been living in the back arsenal nowhere for too long, like <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love that idea though I wonder I'd love like a passion Fashion kind of a thing You know With the, like yes. Get the lads to Pull together an outfit Of sustainable clothes For yeah. a, a, Like They're going on a date With one of the gals Or whatever Instead of this stupid We're going to make dinner Look at how incompetent I am I don't know how to peel A carrot <laughs> Like just Give me a bit of Old fashioned Passion fashion Let's pull the outfits together I would yes. love that
0: It's going to end up Being a shit show Like don't tell the bride Or something And oh, they want It's walk. still going to be An absolute mess But it's going to be Endlessly entertaining <laughs> like, endlessly.
1: You're a bit of a style yourself, even if you don't like to admit it. And you recently went
2: cold turkey on fast fashion. What was that like? I probably did it at like exactly the right time because I only had like oof, nine nine months-ish and then the pandemic happened so we weren't out and about and wearing clothes a lot or didn't have to be mm. See, that makes me sound like I was just going around naked the whole time <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what I, what I mean say. I wasn't getting out of
2: pajamas or like I was wearing like very similar outfits or whatever so I think I kind of started at the optimum time um, I kind of hit a wall maybe like two and a half years in um, and hit the reset button because I had to get a coat um, I talked about it on my YouTube channel because it is like there is a lot of a lot of things it's still really hard and there's still a lot of barriers and that's coming from someone who is like straight sized can afford a lot of ethical sustainable fashion whatever but I suppose on the positives it's been one of the most like empowering decisions I've ever made from an environmental perspective a style perspective I have such a huge appreciation for my clothes now um, fashion kind of excites me again. I love picking out outfits for, you know, the different occasions like TV or if I'm going to do something and, you know, just having those options. And to be honest, there's also the smugness of being like, I've made a good conscious choice here, to be honest. I know. And I, I think people tend to brush that under the carpet. Like if you are
1: doing something that is helping the environment, say it loud and say proud. And if you look good while you're doing it, even better. Yeah.
2: And I, so for me as well, it's and again, not be high horsey about it, but having facilitating a conversation with my friends or like my followers about it for with people who maybe never considered it before. And now they're like, oh, yeah, like even if they're just like I'm buying less, I'm like, that's all I want. That's all I ever, ever want from people is just to see how we look at haul culture and clothes and like why are we buying what we buy and what are we buying and how does it make us feel and like just all like just interrogating those thoughts a bit more it's incredibly incredibly satisfying and just empowering is probably the one word I'd use absolutely I've
0: actually been following you for years and I remember you put up a video on Instagram and it was like your year anniversary of you like put up a video being like I'm a year without fast fashion and I just found it so interesting you talking about like the hiccups that you had and was like, but, and then you also said like a very fair point of like, if there is something that you really, really, really like, it's okay to get that because if you really like it, you're probably going to wear it for ages. Like I thought that was really interesting. And then it was very informative as well. Cause you were talking about even down to your
2: underwear. So much of it is psychological, like that whole thing of, I kind of use that nearly as a stick to beat myself with the whole thing of. If you really like something, of course you can get it. And then I would find myself, if I was in a shop looking at something and I, a coat, whatever, jeans, leggings, I don't know. I was like, And I would sit there and I'd be like, do you really want, like, is this really, do you really need this? Do you really want this? And 90% of the time I didn't. Like once I actually stood back and asked myself the question, I didn't. Um, so I, I just find the psychological aspect of things so interesting and how we think about fashion and shopping and it's only when you stand back and look at yourself that you see all these habits, and you're like, "What? The, what am I doing? Like, what the 100%. hell?" Hundred um, percent. And the under, like the underwear journey has been yeah. a journey. But then again, it's you discover all these other like brands or whatever. And again, I will say the big issue with some of these ethical brands still is price point. Some of the brands I've discovered and the quality is just mind-boggling. Like I can't even imagine going back to some of the fast fashion brands when I know the quality of what I could get and knowing that it's going to last me like three times as long, if not more, because it's just been made Mm -hmm. properly with care by Mm -hmm. people who are being paid fairly in conditions that they absolutely deserve. You know what I mean? So, but there is a lot to it. It's not as simple as the going out outfits or whatever. And it was when I really boiled down to it. I was like, oh no, I need to get bras, knickers, socks. Like everything needs to be Above a certain level yeah. for me to be like, Oh yeah, I'm happy to purchase those.
0: I sorry, just a question that popped into my head there. I'm wondering, do you ever like I love Depop, but if there was a like if you saw something on Depop and then you realized it was, you know, a fast fashion brand, are you kind of like allergic or are you like how what are your views on that? No,
2: I I totally understand. People who don't engage with that, I completely get it. And to be honest, there's still the thing around quality again. Like I know if you're going to buy from certain brands from Depop, secondhand or whatever, Mm -hmm. or there's even been a couple of things. Like I've like the charity shops are flooded with Shein now, which should say everything you need to know about that brand. It's gross. So gross. But I got like a nice like yellow summer dress from them. And like, it's lovely. I will wear it. But even I can even if I compare it to anything vintage that I've bought or anything like... It's the quality is not able. I have one I have one word for you. Flammable. Yeah, like that's... I would believe that about the dress that I bought. Like, it's, it's crazy. But for me personally, I I don't mind. Now, I do. I prefer se- like secondhand vintage stuff and I would favor that. But I, I still like to be able to engage with trends. And that's a way that I can without doing the harm. And it's also you're still extending the life cycle of a piece. So true. This is true. Yeah. It's not easy, though. It's not easy. And as I said, some people are way more hardline than me, which I completely get. So
1: we're going to have to get you back on just to talk about sustainable fashion and changing people's mindsets because it does deserve way more time. Um, and I think people are at that point now where we really want to be having these conversations, even if you've never had them before. But to, just to bring it back to Love Island, do you think doing by dropping the pretty little thing the I saw first, we can actually try and change consumers' mindsets? Like, Do you think that's one of the goals that Love Island is setting out and do you think they'll accomplish it?
2: I don't think it's their long term goal. Like in an ideal world, I would be like, yes, Love Love Island, they're rejecting capitalism by TV. I don't really think that's the case. I absolutely think it's a positive step. But if you consider the amount of merch that's associated with Love Island from like the water bottles and the floaties and everything else, there's nothing they won't do at this point. I I don't think that's their ultimate goal. I do think it's a good first step. Um, I think for contestants, they'll end up drawing up deals for... Other things, you know, like they all end up doing like eyelashes or tan. But if it's a move away from fast fashion, I still think it's positive, but... Uh, yeah, I don't fully think That's their end goal Like even the fact They're doing this deal With eBay You know what I mean Like I'm sure There's going to be You know They'll have their own Curated eBay shop With picks from the guys Well let's Let's not forget
1: There's still the Shop now function On the on the app So you'll still be able To like follow the show And shop similar items To what the contestants Are wearing So like there's It's still anchored On consumerism No matter what
2: way You look it's at it it insane When you think about it Isn't it so, Like I think about yeah. If aliens invaded And like I brought the, And they were like What do you do for fun And I was like Well come in And we'll watch this reality show for an hour where people like go off with each other. And then also here's the app we can vote for, who we want to get out, but all, do you want to buy this bikini? Here you go. (laughs) Like it's, it's kind of like Sims in real life in some way, isn't it? Like it's, it's mental. It's so, and that is a big issue that I have as well. And I think it's all well and good with the eBay deal and the sustainable fashion and the secondhand stuff. I think we need to address like how, instantaneous everything is and how accessible we've made things I think that's ultimately an issue and I think this connection to being able to shop within the app we need to talk about that because nothing should be that accessible in my opinion my whole thing is obviously in ideal world we'd all shop sustainably ethically in every aspect of our lives but like that's not possible for all of the reasons I listed before we just need to shop less and look at what we have and wear the stuff we have because it's probably good it's probably gorgeous who why do we buy into off season and like of course it's fun to play in trends but like they're exactly that trends we should be buying stuff that we like and as you mentioned with the contestants engaging with our own personal style and interrogating you know what do I like to wear what do I feel confident in Like that's, that's the key thing. So in one sense, I think the rewear messaging is the most important thing, especially when you're engaging with a predominantly younger audience who don't have as much disposable income, who are not under any circumstances considering buying crazy ethical, expensive underwear or whatever else. It's just telling them it's okay to be an outfit repeater. Who cares what your one said on Lizzie McGuire? It's cool. Wear your clothes again. It's cool.
1: Retweet. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all I can say is roll on June 6th. Um, Fanula, where can everybody find you if they want to get the lowdown on what happened in Egypt? I am at Fanula
2: J, J J-Y on Instagram and I will be doing stories most nights probably not every night but most nights yeah living for it setting
1: my alarm cannot wait thank you so much for your expertise as always we couldn't have done it without you and yeah roll on june 6th thanks so much guys at a ball
0: neve what is on your radar this week
1: what is on my radar this week? Well, it's actually a, a whom is on my radar this week. The Central St. Martin's BA Graduate Showcase took place on Tuesday night. And it's arguably one of the most exciting runway events of the entire year. And I think this was like a particularly like major moment for students, especially like because the last, what, two years they've missed out on this like quite pivotal moment. Yeah. And it's kind of quite hard to believe the execution and delivery of a lot of the, the garments at the show and to put it into context for people who don't really know, like Central St. Martins, it's one of the most prestigious fashion schools in the world, especially in London. It's That's where it's located. And it has seen some of the greats of our time come out of the school, mm-hmm. the likes of Alexander McQueen, John Galliano, Christopher Kane, Stella McCartney, Joe Casely Hayford, Stephen Jones, Craig Green, Sarah Burton, Phoebe Filo, Jonathan Saunders, Gareth Pugh, Kim Jones, many more have all come out of Central St. Martins. So Usually what happens is a class of about 100 or so will showcase their looks and one designer is usually up for the prestigious L'Oreal professional prize. And this year the prize was given to Alice Morrill Evans, who is a phenomenal knitwear designer. She's actually already been like actively working with the likes of Bethany Williams. Wow. I've done a good few like high profile collaborations as well. How do these students find the time? Like is it in their summer rake? I honestly, God don't know because like they're making the collections, they're doing all the regular college stuff, working full time. Most of them are actually trying to fit in full time jobs with, with these courses. And in fairness, like a lot of the courses do offer more flexibility. And given Given the last two years, I suppose the working environment has been quite different. Everybody's kind of like, you know, working remotely and all that.
0: But the show is high stakes, like to just to bring it back to the actual live show that happened, like the OG material girl, Madonna, was front row. I need to set the scene.
1: Can you imagine? Right. You're already a nervous college student. You're about to show your first collection, which took you blood, sweat and tears to your family, friends, editors, stylists and buyers. And then and then fucking Madonna walks in and makes a surprise appearance. I
0: would, I would surely cease to exist. I would cease. Oh, I'd pass away. Like I'd (laughs) pass away. Um, FKE Twigs as well. Like she's also someone who loves a new upcoming designer. So I'd be, I'd be sweating. Oh my God,
1: I'd be sweating. I know. And as with other years, this year's graduates touched on a lot of like really great social topics. I mean, they always do, but I really like to see how they bring topics like environmental science modest fashion, gender identity, fantasy, like I love seeing how they like adapt and take those themes on. Um, And there was even one designer was talking about the idea of like childbirth and she made, or they made a, a transparent artificial womb and another had like a fake baby at the front of, of like a jumper. I actually really loved Christy Lau's QR code dresses. Oh, yeah. Well, if you could even call them dresses. But basically, three
0: designers basically just wore like cubes with giant QR codes on them. But like when we say cubes, it's like it was a cube the size of like the box room in your semi D house. Like it was a huge cube that literally had two holes on the side, one (laughs) hole at the top and two holes at the bottom. Like it literally just like I don't even know if you could see the arms. It was so big. It was literally just a, a cube and legs. Oh my God, I can't. Yeah. But the codes are linked
1: to an Instagram filter, which allows you to scan the codes and try on the designer's wares, which I mean, you know me, I love a bit of fashion metaverse. And I just thought that was a very clever way to incorporate web 3.0 into a traditional runway setting. Wow. That's so cool. If you want to get to know Central St. Martin's graduate class of 2022, go and follow at B-A-F-C-S-M, which is the Central St. Martin's BA Fashion Design Course Instagram, the official one. And they have done God's work and listed out and tagged all 100 and something of this year's graduates. So you can go run and see the newest talents that no doubt will be appearing in Vogue ID, WWD in a very short amount of time. Very exciting. It very, is very so exciting. exciting. It's probably one of my favorite kind of fashion events. I'd love to, I'd love to be at it some year. Absolutely. I
0: wonder how hard it is to get a ticket. I mean, we could just ask for back row. <laughs> <laughs> I can't <laughs> say no. <laughs> All
1: um, right, we're out of time, my friends. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And do keep sending your fashion aches and your fashion fails. We're having a who listening and reading them. Um, and we will catch you here next week. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye. bye.